This is Campus on the Common, a podcast of bright ideas from Emerson College's School of Communication. I'm Emerson College alumnus and podcasting professor Chance Dorland. Broadcasting from Emerson College's School of Communication in Boston, Massachusetts, Campus on the Common provides an expert view into the field of media and communication through the lens of academic experts and industry professionals from Emerson and beyond. Exploring ideas like multimedia storytelling, media ethics, and how new technologies affect the communication industry. Today, we dive into the world of entrepreneurship and startups in Boston and beyond. My name is Luann Reeb. I am the assistant dean in the School of Communication. I am also an executive in residence. I teach entrepreneurship at Emerson College, which is a year-long program where students learn what it means to be an entrepreneur and then end up creating a business venture. Um, My past career includes being a three-time entrepreneur, as well as, if we want to go way back, I was a broadcast television journalist. So I'm not from Boston originally, but I've been here for 30 years, raised two uh, wonderful sons here with my husband, and I do call Boston my home now. Luann, I can't remember exactly when it happened, but there was a time in the past when I didn't hear about startups and every company, every college didn't have some kind of entity that ended in lab, you know, innovation lab, tech lab, startup lab, maybe a combination of multiple terms. Those times are gone. So now whether it's large companies trying to innovate to guarantee their future, small startups trying to become successful companies, maybe replace some of those large companies that already exist, or colleges that train people you know, to enter the job market, business, do entrepreneurship, everything that I'm just talking about seems to be kind of affecting everyone now. And at 32 years old, I feel like I kind of missed the boat by not trying to start my own business out of college um, when I graduated from Emerson back in 2009. So Luann, you're someone who not only teaches all of these things, as you just mentioned, you've started and run businesses yourself, a three-time entrepreneur. I'm wondering, when did this shift that I just described take place? When do you think that happened and why did that shift take place? Well, first of all, Chance, I don't think you missed it. You're doing it. Okay. Even if it's not a business, you are an entrepreneur. Just think about this podcast and the many other projects that you're doing. You are an entrepreneurial thinker. So I think that's probably what you've seen. And let's call it an explosion sound effect here, right? Um, An explosion of people who want to innovate. They are entrepreneurs at heart or, you know, back in the old days, we used to call it mom and pop shops. So we have um, parents, grandparents, great-grandparents that they might have run their own business. Did we call them entrepreneurs? No, we didn't call them entrepreneurs. But you're right. Um, there's been an explosion, almost a cottage industry that has become a real-time industry of entrepreneurship. Take higher education, for example. When I went to college, there was entrepreneurship was not a thing. And I won't tell you how many years ago that was, but when I did my undergraduate work, There was no entrepreneurship, major, minor, any kind of program. Fast forward to today, just about every college and university has at least one 
I was at over in MIT yesterday. They have about seven or eight entrepreneurship programs. They're much bigger than us. Um, but but we have a great partnership. We can talk about that later between MIT and Emerson College Entrepreneurs. But if you think about it, and this is a fact, 90% of business is small business. That may mean a startup. That may mean, you know, a small restaurant. That may mean, you know, a laundromat. We think of the economy as being the big brand right? Amazon and, you know, all of the big ones, Google in the old days, Ford, the automakers, that's really not the case. 90% of people are running their own business or working in a startup or a small business. And that's the, the U S labor statistics bears that out. So I don't think you missed it. And a lot of people have just recognized it and for, for better or worse, it's branded now as entrepreneurship. And you know, I ask my students, I'll tell you this one thing, and you can start asking questions. I ask my students on the very first day of class, why are you here? And almost all of them say, I want to have control over my own destiny. I don't want to work for someone else. And then there are a few students who say, you know, I just want to figure out what it what this entrepreneurial thinking is all about. And I'll say, this is great. You are in the right place. I'm glad you're here. And all of those things are what we're going to talk about in the first semester. Because if you think about it, Chance, what happens, even if you don't launch your business out of the Emerson Entrepreneurship Program, you will use that thinking in a big corporation. You will be better than the people sitting at a table that are trying to innovate. And that's, that's what we hope. So that's encouraging. I guess I didn't miss out on, on too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think I think it's definitely, you know, if, if you're looking to start your own company or have those skills to work in a larger company, like you just mentioned, Luann, I think now is a better time for that type of education. And, and certainly myself, having graduated from Emerson 10 years ago, I remember kind of what I think would be the start of what is already going on now. And we'll talk about what's happening at Emerson specifically a little bit later on. Um, but some of those terms that I mentioned, you know, this influx, this explosion, of startups and entrepreneurship, uh, it's changed the terminology that we're using to describe the business. As you mentioned, it used to be mom and pop shops, and now we have all these other words. One of the words that I'm often hearing is hub. So business hub, startup hub, and those are locations that exist all around the U.S. and, of course, the rest of the world. I've, I've lived abroad a lot, and, and I know that there are hubs that really claim that title around the world for startups and business. Boston is a hub for a lot of things. Great baseball for one. They just had that uh, parade right next to Emerson College. And Absolutely. Boy, is Boston spoiled because that's not the, the only parade that's happened in, in the last decade. But what's your verdict for Boston being a startup hub? Well, you're right. You know, there are a lot of hubs. And when you think about entrepreneurship or startups, one of the first things that comes to your mind, I'll bet you tell me if I'm wrong, is tech right? Yeah, tech. I mean, I think that's that's almost locked in with uh, with entrepreneurship and startup uh, culture. It doesn't have to be, but I feel like it more or less is, yeah. Well, it is, you know. So you think about Silicon Valley. And so what, what Silicon Valley doesn't know, Chance, is that Boston is a great hub for a lot of things. And, and some of it tech, but some of it things that 
Silicon Valley doesn't have. Like, well, we like to talk about at Emerson, the creative force. I mean, think about it, not just the arts, but creativity in technology. Think about, you know, the Seaport District and how that's growing with a lot of different companies. I think that's our advantage in Boston. Please don't tell the folks in Silicon Valley. My son lives out there, so I don't tell him if you promise not to tell the rest of us, right, in this podcast. I think we have a great advantage in terms of thinking creatively in Boston. And when I say that in my wheelhouse, I mean media. So just think about all the opportunities that we have as we cultivate creative minds in Boston. I mean, you think about media, just think about how things have changed from when I was in um, the media profession, it was just television, print, and radio. And then it became cable television and then podcasting. And, and now we're talking about streaming media on the phone and all of these companies that we wouldn't normally think being in the media space. Well, think about it. Amazon Prime, Hulu, um, you know, uh, the first one was Netflix. And all and now the movie, um, Disney and the, the film studios, everybody is interested in creating content. And that in itself is entrepreneurial. And we don't know what the next, te next technology will be to deliver the media. The, the technology allows us to deliver media in different ways. But if you get to the heart of it, the content producers, think about Emerson College and what Emerson is all about. We, we are content creators, whether it's in communication or the arts, our two schools, we are content creators. And I think that's our advantage. That's our hub in Boston. If you, I mean, hopefully you see the vision the way I do, but I think that what we're seeing is a lot of different pockets of creativity in terms of the media deliver great things for Boston. That's a really good way to look at it. I, I completely agree with you. I've actually been to the podcast garage a couple times this semester. Mm, me not too. too. Yeah, not too far from Emerson College. Just jump on the T and uh, or take a bus. You know, a couple ways to get there. And um, it's something that uh, they're expanding. They're going to have another uh, operation in Washington D.C. I think that comes online next year. Uh, but the first from uh, PRX and now the only podcast garage is in Boston. And from what they've told me, they're very busy. Well, they are very busy. And, and so one of my companies uh, was Legal Talk Network, and we produced 15 different podcast programs. It was acquired by California Firm in 2012, but we launched in, in 2007. And we still have a few clients um, for whom I produce podcasts for my current company called Boston Media Group. I'm not trying to plug anything, just tell you the story. And we go to the podcast garage, and that's where we do our recordings. So. What's really great, and we knew this from the very beginning, the value proposition for a podcast is wonderful. You know why? Because it's portable. You don't have to watch a video. I'm a visual person and I'm a producer of video, but a podcast is great because I can listen to it in my Bluetooth in my car, just like, like I used to listen to the radio. Um, still listen to the radio sometimes because I'm a newbie. <laughs> there are a lot of um, people at Emerson that are invested in the radio, so you got to make sure you still mention you listen to radio, yeah. But I do still listen to the radio, but the podcast garage, you know, is a great way and it's a vehicle for us to record our creativity, whether you're talking about cooking or a podcast or like we're talking about Emerson and 
and Boston in in this podcast. And so, of course, uh, you know, one of the big names in uh, in Boston, and and certainly, I think, uh, making itself known even more every year with all the. Uh, really, really great programs and uh, adventures that uh, students and faculty and staff members are taking on at Emerson College, one of the premier schools in Boston, which is kind of like, you know, the, the college town of the entire world. You're the assistant dean of the School of Communication. You're involved with many of the initiatives and areas of the school that bring together all these buzzwords that we've been talking about. Um, I'd love to hear about um, what you're involved with right now and what's going on at the school. Oh, my gosh, we've got so many things going on. Um... So I teach the entrepreneurship program and it's growing every year. And we have a pitch competition in April. We have a partnership with MIT entrepreneurial students and just a little sidebar there. When I first forged that relationship with MIT, I thought, Oh God, the folks at MIT, are they really going to talk to me? And when I found the me over at MIT, she was just really wonderful. And she said, Oh my God, this is brilliant. We're going to have right brain and left brain together, right? <laughs> so that's what we do. We put students together that are more focused on science and technology at MIT, and then students from Emerson that are focused more on arts and communication, and it works out wonderfully well. And they're great folks over across the river. But there are a lot of entrepreneurship students at all of our college and universities. Of course, we think Emerson entrepreneurs are the best, but um, there are a lot. there's a lot of collaboration. There's a student-run entrepreneurship club. We have Emerson Lodge, which is all about innovation and entrepreneurship. It's a co-curricular, so you don't get credit for it. But you can go there and collaborate with other students who have an idea and they really want to bounce an idea. And they have all sorts of speaker series. And we have the Engagement Lab. We have just within all of the departments. Think about it in the School of Comm, School of Communication. So we have journalists who are very entrepreneurial. I just I just talked to a, a journalism student. We were discussing the fact that being a journalist is kind of like being an entrepreneur. You have to figure a lot of stuff out by yourself. Oh, absolutely. Even if you're working for a company, I, th- I think it's, it's a lot like that. And certainly, you know, when you become a freelancer, you're like your own company. Well, that's right. We have the business of creative enterprises major which is a relatively new program here at Emerson. I was fortunate enough to be the faculty lead on the curriculum development with my colleagues. And we just envisioned an Emerson student that wanted to work in the next gen of creative enterprises with understanding the business, but also being a creative person as well. We have political communication. We have a sports comm major. We have, the, of course, the marketing major where we talk about advertising and and PR and marketing in sort of the digital media landscape. Um, what am I forgetting? I talked about journalism. We have communication, science, and disorders. Those people are super, super smart, and they do wonderful things with learning about how to communicate with children with autism, for example. I mean, they are just so passionate about it. It's amazing. But you know what the overriding thing is in the School of Comp? And, and I do work with the School of the Arts, too, um, from my... My documentary background, I have a lot of friends over there, but you know what the common thread is, and this goes across schools, but the common thread in the School of Communication here in Emerson is collaboration. You know, we have like all these C words, creativity, collaboration, um, collegiality, and all those are very true. We're, we're, We're very grounded in those things. And so even though, as in any college or university, there are majors and minors, 
honestly, I don't think you have those that rigid silo effect at Emerson. We do things together across departments, across schools. You know, our students take courses in other majors. So I think we're lucky. Um, and it was probably that way when you were at Emerson, I'm guessing as well. Yeah, I think it was uh, in a lot of ways. And I kind of lucked out because I, I chose Emerson. And then when I got there, I found I really liked it. But it, it could have not been the case. I think I just really lucked out coming from uh, the Midwest. And uh, yeah, I, I chose a good school. I had a great time. But I had an IDIP, which is the individualized major. And I was kind of the odd man out, the odd person out. When I you know put that together, I think in 2006, 2007, graduating in 2009, I've met so many students that have that now. Well, I told you you were an entrepreneur and you just plowed that field for all the students that came after you and went, oh, I want to do what he did, only different courses. So IDIP is an independent, I forget what it stands for, but independent, independently created major. Um, and I think that's sort of the wave of the future for higher education. So then, uh, Luann, before we let you go, I want to give you a... Uh, uh, a chance to go through anything that we might have missed, and then of course give your thought, uh, give your final thoughts. But as we've mentioned, you know, as a three-time entrepreneur yourself, including even a podcast network uh, that you've already mentioned, where do you think this field is going in the future? You know, I don't want to be a downer, but anytime you see so much money going in and so much manpower and so much success, you think, well, is there a bubble that's going to burst? And certainly, you know, I was alive to remember at least hear about when I was very young and then maybe remember a little bit later on with some more context, the dot-com burst. Is there going to be anything like that or is this going to be different? Well, I think, I think we learned some lessons from the dot-com bust. I think what's happening now is entrepreneurship and innovation is very learned about those things. But what we're seeing now is a lot of disruption, but in a positive way. You know, there, there are a lot of things that we used to do the old way that are now transformative in a new way of doing things or a new way of thinking of things. The only caution that I might have for all of us is to think about how fast that's happening. Oh my goodness. It's just happening so, so quickly. I mean, even the phone that you got, your mobile device that you got last year, is going to be outdated in two years, one year, maybe. How can we keep up with the technology? The technology, in my mind, is always a vehicle for us to communicate and to collaborate and be creative. Um, but, but, but the only caution I have is, 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 you know, it's not just because of the technology. Look at that as an opportunity to help us do the positive things that we want to do. And I think in Boston, you mentioned, you know, sports and the community. I think this is a big, big, big part of what makes Boston different from a lot of other cities. And I've lived in a bunch of different cities, but there's a real community atmosphere here. I mean, it's, it's almost like just the Boston common, which for those who are listening, who don't know is, is it's a wonderful place where people can congregate, have lunch, you know, walk across the common. It's, 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 it dates back to the 1600s, but that really is kind of what, Boston is manifested, even though we have high tech, we have the seaport district, we have, you know, all sorts of things going on. I think that's what makes us special. And I hope that positive attitude continues. I, I'm pretty sure it will. Hey. 
Campus on the Common is a production of the School of Communication at Emerson College. Subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Emerson College alumnus and podcasting professor Chance Dorling.